This is episode 44 of the A Free Spirit Life Podcast. Welcome, my friends. This is Shannon Kinney Dew, holistic life and spiritual coach, Reiki practitioner, and yoga and meditation teacher. And I'm so happy you're here with me today. My guest is Makara Link. She is a Reiki master a teacher, an author, a speaker, a mother. She's amazing, and I can't wait to hop right into this episode. She talks a lot about intuition. She teaches intuition workshops. She teaches Reiki trainings, and she hosts retreats. She's lovely. We connected online a few years ago, and it was so wonderful to get to talk in person. We have a lot in common, and I think you're going to love the conversation about how to discern between when our head is making decisions and when our heart is leading the way. How to go inside and connect to our inner voice, to that inner wisdom, to really the whispers of our soul, the intuition. I like to call intuition as a teacher. It's a guide. It is here to help us in life. And Makara's passion in her work is to help you learn how to trust your intuition, how to listen to it more deeply, and how to follow where it's leading you. You're going to love this episode, so let's just hop right in. Hi, Makara. I am so happy that you're here today. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes. Well, I would love for you to share just a little bit more about you. If you could tell us just a little bit more about where you're at in life right now, where you are in the world, and some of the work that you're so passionate about? Sure. (laughs) I'm trying to think like, where do I start? (laughs) Um, Well, I currently live in Alexandria, Minnesota. We just moved here a couple years ago. Um, But I previously lived in the Kansas City area where I think we kind of connected. And the work I've been doing, gosh, for... 11-ish, I'll have to, you know, look at the exact years, but 11-ish years, um, I'm deeply, deeply passionate about our intuition, our inner voice, our inner guidance and wisdom, and trusting that and living from that voice, most importantly, because we all have intuition, we all hear it, but so many of us are ignoring it um, and not listening, right? So my Mm -hmm. passion is helping people not only hear and listen, but also follow the guidance. Um, and then, um, Reiki. So another main thing that I do is I teach Reiki throughout the Midwest, mainly all levels of Reiki and Reiki is a form of energy healing that originated in Japan and it's done through laying of the hands. And there's this beautiful life force energy that flows through the practitioner that helps relax and calm the, the client And, you know, as we know, right, like relaxation helps the body naturally heal. Stress does the opposite. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so Reiki is deeply healing and I teach practitioners, um, yeah, throughout the Midwest. Mm. Well, they obviously go hand in hand and I want to talk more about Reiki. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about intuition because I know that's one of the reasons why you and I connected. Um, we do similar work. I'm, always passionate about that because, you know, years, I spent years, uh, struggling with self-doubt and, um, hearing my intuition, but then saying, or do I, (laughs) you know, that constant, Mm -hmm. like being stuck in that place where I think I'm trusting myself. I, I, I think I hear something and then I'm like, oh, and I could talk myself out of it. And we all know what that feels like and how that, you know, directs the journey in our life. And so can you take us back a little bit about, you know, just where have you had moments where you didn't trust or didn't listen or didn't follow your intuition? And what, Mm -hmm. what, when did you start realizing, wow, this is affecting my life? And I, and, and how did you start building the courage to listen and follow it? Yeah, that's such a good question. I have so many stories. (laughs) Um, 
It, you know, for me, I mean, truly, it really began when I was younger. I was always naturally very intuitive, very aware, um, energetically sensitive. Mm-hmm. But we don't, you know, my family just didn't have an, an awareness of that. You know, it wasn't something, you know, we operate with our five senses, right? Not our sixth senses. <laughs> so um, there wasn't any language around it or really any acknowledgement or support. And then at the same time, we also live in a culture that is, operates that same way. You know, we're not taught to honor that inner voice um, or even acknowledge it. People don't know the true value and power of of that. Now, as you read a lot of great teachers and and scholars, educators, or influential people, a lot of them talk about this voice inside that just kind of led them. So, um, but we're often sort of like bucking trends, you know, going against what we're culturally taught. Um, one of my main turning points that I share often that really catapulted me on this path I am today was actually in my early 20s, um, my whole life, I was going to be a psychologist. I mean, from seventh grade, you know, I took every career day in psychology or anything counseling related. In high school, I took every psych class, uh, including AP psych, and then I became the AP uh, psych teacher's assistant because I loved correcting the papers and (laughs) like (laughs) learning more about it. Like I was a total nerd for it. I loved it so much. Um, just really fascinated me. It still fascinates me. So of course, like when I went to college, that's when I majored in, I majored in psychology and my whole plan, I had this vision of like, I had an office, um, and I'd be working one-on-one with people. And it was that junior senior year when it was time to start applying for grad school, which was my logical next step. I felt this inner sense of a no. And now I didn't have language for what that meant. I don't, I don't understand what this no feel like, what is this? So I kind of ignored it for a while because I thought this is just strange. Maybe I'm just nervous. I don't know. And so I would continue to research schools, you know, get get the applications and all the resources ready for that process. And the more I ignored that no, the stronger and stronger it was getting. Like it was getting louder and louder until one day I remember having this inner conversation like, okay, fine, fine. I'll listen. I don't know why I'm not supposed to go in this direction, but I'm not supposed to go in this direction. And so I surrendered to this no, not really knowing even what I was surrendering to or what this was all about. But I just knew the moment I listened, I felt this sense of ease Um, a sense of peace, a sense of like, okay, this is right. Even though my brain, it didn't make sense to my head, you know, didn't go with my plan that I had for my life. (laughs) So I graduated and actually went through a period of um, really feeling lost. I mean, I, the plan I had was no longer. Um, I was like depressed. I was like, what, what's now what, you know? And And that's one thing I like to tell people too, is like following your intuition doesn't always feel good right away. Mm -hmm. And part of that is like, we can feel that it's right. We know this is the right direction to go. And, but in following that truth, it begins to sort of like clear away everything in your life that is untrue, that no longer matches with that truth. So you'll go through a period of transformation, a period of letting go of this shift that happens And these shifts and transformations for us can often be uncomfortable. And this is what can cause people sometimes to not listen because they're afraid of that transition. They're afraid of the changes that listening to their intuition is going to make. And it's, and they, they want to stay away from that discomfort. So they ignore their intuition to stay what's, even though they know might be quote unquote wrong, it's still familiar, therefore comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it does take some, it's going to take practice and and really to get the courage is starting little. So I talk a lot about like making these little everyday decisions um, to boost your your bravery. So when you get these bigger yeses or no's or guidance for your life that you have more trust in faith in your intuition to take those bigger steps. But you have to start small, like what should I eat today? Like what do I intuitively feel like eating or wearing or 
um, you know, I have a list of to-do items today um, or errands to run. What order do I put them in? What, what intuitively feels most correct for me today? And like just make, doing those small things helps the bigger ones because this is more of a bigger one, right? Like a total life change direction. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I guide people on today is starting small. So then the bigger ones aren't as overwhelming. But at the time, I didn't have that knowledge. So I just surrendered, went through the discomfort. And after, oh gosh, maybe like seven, eight months, nine months, I'm not quite sure. The um, What I describe as like the hand of God, divine synchronicity, I ended up meeting a woman who taught intuition development. And that moment it was like something lit up inside of me, a spark ignited. And while I was highly skeptical, I was deeply intrigued. And so I took an intuition development class with her. And lo and behold, I was very intuitive. Like every exercise came very naturally to me. (laughs) Um, And then I couldn't get enough. You know, I took another workshop from her. I think I was the first one to ask for more. She's like, I've never taught more than just my, you know, whatever (laughs) class. So she like made an extra whole class for me. And then I found other teachers that taught it. And I kind of put myself through some testing and thought if this is real and if I'm really supposed to go in this direction in my life, I need clear, definite signs that this is what God wants me to do. And um, it just it completely transformed my life. It opened me up to my heart, my soul, my truth, something that I just it was there, but it wasn't as strong. I wasn't as connected to. Um, and so that's one reason I believe I'm here today is to be another teacher, another messenger to help guide people back to their inter- intuition so it can lead you to the life that you're really here to live. Like, I think this is my purpose. And I had to have those experiences, you know, to, to lead me here, to guide me here, to be that that teacher and that example. Like, I've been there. I know what it feels like. And here are some tips and some tools to help align you to that inner truth so then you can create a life from the inside out versus the outside in. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, let's talk about intuition. The um, I mean, that's what you've just been talking about when I think about people listening. And the how do we... So you, you talked about like physical sensations you had, you know, you felt once you finally listened, you felt more peace and ease. You felt the spark. There's, there's certain things that happen where you just realize, oh, that alignment is happening versus that like, oh, when you're stuck in the mud or you're, you're in your own way and you're fighting it. Um, But we can have a lot of physical ramifications when we're not listening to our intuition. And, and so some something I hear often is like, how do you discern between when your head's making the choice and when your heart's making the choice or what your intuition is really saying? And, and so can you talk a little bit about that for those listening who are trying to pay closer attention? What are the signs that your head's or, you know, you're um, in your own way or, you know, that's something to pay attention to and listen to? Yes. So, um, one thing I, I guide people in is like, you've had your intuition speak to you before, and you can probably think of a time where you felt an intuitive. Yes. Like you knew, yes, go in this direction. Or maybe you had those experiences of a no, don't go in that direction. So I'll often guide people to think, to recall a time that they felt one of those two. And then I ask you to describe how that felt for you. So what does an intuitive yes feel like for you? And they've come up with these descriptive words. And then I help anchor that sensation into their body. Like, okay, then this is your, like your compass, like, right? This is your steering where this is a yes. And then now what does a no feel like to you? What qualities, how would you describe a no? And then same thing. And this is more of a body base. So I'm really passionate about like bridging the body, like an embodied intuition with also this spiritual sort of esoteric intuition. But I like starting with the body because this is going to help you navigate your day-to-day life. And then we can get a little bit more esoteric and bringing in a little bit more of that psychic energy. Um, And that's just a little bit different. So anyway, I start with the body. But so typically a yes when someone feels a yes in their body, you feel lighter. 
you feel like in a flow, like almost there's this little momentum inside of you that's saying, yes, go in that direction. There's a, a pull, a magnetic sense. Um, your body feels more open and free, more calm. Um, so like even with my knowing that I wasn't supposed to go to grad school, that initial listening, I felt that calm in my body because before I was fighting it. So there was this tension, you know, like, no, I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the moment I listened, my body was like, okay, there you go. Now we're on track. Yes. I went through a period of discomfort after that, but that's like, that's part of that process of just aligning to your truth and having your life align and allowing God in, allowing the universe in to steer you where you're meant to go. Um, but initially the yes, that feels really light, open, free, um, typically pretty calm where a no can often feel halting. Like it's like, stop, you can feel heavy, constricting. Um, yeah, it just feels like a lack of energy where yes, usually you feel a boost of energy. Yes. Do you find that quieting the mind, because I think that we can get in those moments where you feel it in your body mm-hmm. and then you can get busy again and you can talk yourself right out of it. <laughs> Do you think so that the mind, these, yeah, go no, ahead. Yes. So I often say like, here's the three things. Here's the three things that are going to help um, your intuition speak to you more clearly is a calm mind mm-hmm. or a clear mind, a calm body and an open heart. And again, we have busy lives, we have things going on, but even taking five minutes, like literally, cause your intuition is right there. It's not hidden. It is not like hard to connect to. It's just that we're, we're putting our energy and attention on so many other things that even five minutes of pausing, breathing, um, you can imagine there's a volume dial on your mind and just kind of like turn the volume down in your thoughts and just focus on your breath relax through the body and the mind, open your heart and then listen. Mm-hmm. And I know the answer is going to be there for you. Yes. It will. And if it's not there in that five minutes, it will be tomorrow. It'll yes. be the next day. Like it doesn't mean it's going to come instantly. Sometimes it does. But when you pause and create those opportunities for your intuition to speak to you, it will right. It will be there for you. Yes. It will absolutely show up. And I love how you share doing it with little baby steps with what you eat or what you're, you know, what kind of tea you're going to have, like really (laughs) tending to it, integrating it into your life um, as a practice that is really powerful. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. Um, Mm -hmm. I think people want to jump to the big questions right away. Like, what's my life purpose? Why am I here? Should I stay in this job? Should I stay in this relationship? It's like, okay, well, like you might already know those answers, but let's take the pressure off because those are pretty big and let's start small and start just listening to your body and your intuition with the day-to-day things where you can start to gain some trust and you can start to watch the magic of your intuition guide you. Um, that's when I think we open the doorway to those synchronistic opportunities. So like when I surrendered to my intuition I mean, if I had gone to grad school, if I had been stubborn and stuck with that plan, you know, life would have been fine. It's not like it would have been a horrible choice by any means, Mm -hmm. but maybe I wouldn't have been as fulfilled or as happy. I wouldn't have allowed some of this magic and guidance from the universe to come in if I had not opened that doorway. Yes. Yeah. So even those little things of, of the tea and the, and the agenda for the day of how to, you know, what order do I run my errands in or or whatever it is, it allows for that, the universe to come in and help kind of guide your life and bring in some magic into, into your life. I don't know how else to describe it. It's, it's you know, something you need to experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe like the definition of intuition? What is, where is that coming from? Yeah. So I describe it as it's that your intuition is the voice of your soul, mm. the truth in your heart, and the wisdom of your body. It's mm, beautiful. I think it's all three. I really do. I think we have, um, I'm coining the term primal intuition <laughs> mm-hmm. because we do, we are, we're physical beings living in this, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings living in this physical body, but being in this physical body, it's evolved in such a way that we have this very wise nervous system. And this nervous system's always scanning the environment to make sure we're safe. It's just something that we all have. 
And um, we have an ability to sense when something's off in our environment and when things feel unsafe. And I wouldn't describe that as the voice of the soul. I describe that as the wisdom of your body. And I think, I still think that's intuition. You know what I mean? Like you can meet someone and feel like, Ooh, something doesn't feel right here. (laughs) That is this deep, wise knowing in your body. And that's, what's here to keep you alive and safe, kind of grounded and here in the present moment. But I also believe in this divine spiritual wisdom that's in your soul and they're not separate they still work together but there's just layers to this intuition so there's this primal intuition that's here to help you survive we have this spiritual intuition that's here to help you thrive that is the voice of your soul that's guiding you to evolve and grow and heal and step into your purpose and your truth Hmm. that's really a great way to describe it I recently took a class. It was um, actually a tarot class, and it was the art of intuition with with using tarot cards. And I had never really paid much attention. I've loved affirmation and quote cards. Um, But what it did for me and my own intuition is it reminded me of you know, everything in life is a symbol. And this, this symbol of the card was like a visual um, representation of my intuition. And what I, what I learned in that class was that, you know, we all have different abilities as we're expanding our intuition. You might, um, use, you know, your auditory or a visual intuitive. And that was really helpful for me because I too, as a child, very highly sensitive, I grew up, um, very connected to my intuition. I think it, it, really came out even when I became a mother and I had to (laughs) face some deep questions that I had to really dig deep in my intuition. Um, but I, but I still had that like lingering, um, I just didn't quite understand it. And so now like when I hear a song or I see a cardinal or a butterfly, like I'm realizing that that is also, um, what I am using to, listen to my intuition, to trust. Does that make sense? Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, so for those listening, is that something that you also guide? Like there's this sensing and there's this knowing and there's this feeling, but also like when we have, like you said, you heard a no, or you might even hear like a lyric in a, in a song, or you might see something around you in your environment. And it's all kind of, um, helping you understand and guide you to where you're, you're questioning. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't talk about that really at all other than, and this is going to go like you had a really positive with experience with it and it's working for you and that's really great. I don't ever want to encourage my students to find validation outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. So my, my course, my teaching is called empowered intuition. And so that empowerment truly comes from within. And so while tarot cards or signs like the butterfly or the cardinal and things like that can be validating at times, I don't want it to be a go-to, you know what I mean? Like I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be where they're always looking in their environment and thinking everything's a sign. I've seen people get very confused about that. Very like their intuition might be saying one thing and then they get a quote unquote sign from the universe that says something else and then they feel conflicted. And so then I'm like, let go of that quote unquote sign. I want you to trust that inner voice Mm -hmm. more than that external tarot card or whatever it is. I just had an email from a client who had that experience. She's like, I was in a relationship and my tarot, I did multiple tarot cards and my friends did on that relationship. And it was always positive and good. And it found out that he was cheating on me. And now I'm devastated because I feel, um, she felt like, um, like the universe betrayed her. Mm. And I was like, and I just said, okay, like just put away the tarot cards, you know, like she was looking for answers of her with, of her, in her relationship from that deck of cards. I'm not saying they can't ever be helpful for people, sure. but I just don't teach that way. Cause I want to help bring you back to your truth inside of you that you inherently have that you, you've had it in you since you were in your mother's womb and you will have it 
till the end, you know, like you, you have this inner guidance. And so I just want to guide you back to you back to that. And so, yeah, I just, yeah, I hear you. Like I, my first class I ever taught was inside out and it was all about everything is always about coming within. So I think I love what you said, actually, this is really helpful for me too. Um, because it, it goes back to even when I, I remember when I became a mom and I was a researcher, like, you know, I wanted to know everything and I was reading all these books and I'm like, I'm looking out there again for some validation of what to do with this little human that I I was now responsible for. And I called a friend of mine who was very much, you know, she was an experienced parent and she had six kids and she was homeschooling. And I said, do you sleep with your kids? Like, because they say that you're not supposed to. And and she just she just stopped me in my tracks and she's like, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> who are you? What? Who are they? Mm-hmm. And my baby was about six months at the time and I shut every parenting book And I thought that is exactly, I mean, that was the journey I was on, but that was the reminder that I needed to go back within, that I needed stillness. I trust your wisdom. Yeah, you knew knew what you and your babies needed. And there's no book out there that can tell you exactly how to parent for you and your kids. And then each kid's different too, you know? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I think where I'm at talking about, you know, looking out there, it, it's probably is more of a base because I definitely, <laughs> it's been a long journey, but I do listen to my intuition now. And I know when I'm not listening to it physically. Yeah. Um, and so the energetically now, I feel I'm in, I'm coming from a different place where I'm coming from that intuition. And it's probably even still my old, like, oh, it's just nice to get that validation or, oh, okay, I get it. But it's like seeing things in a new way, but Mm -hmm. probably from that more trusting place that you're speaking of. And so I'm glad we distinguish the two because when we're listening, um, when we're learning to trust our intuition and have that courage, it's again, it's always returning inside. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's great. You had that foundation. Yeah. And sometimes it's fun to, you can ask the universe for a sign specifically at times, but I don't know about everything a sign, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, let's say no. you're going through, I'm just like for anyone listening, you know, cause that's where I think people get confused. They're like, well then this happened and this happened and it's a sign. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you can be really definite and you send up that prayer, you send up that intention and say, I need a clear sign on this. And I, you know, and then see what happens because also like I could have interpreted that time of discomfort and, um, as not as a sign that I made the wrong decision. I should have not, I should be happy. Like, you know, but it was, there was just actually this period of transformation taking place. And I think sometimes when we are healing and evolving, the external world will kind of give us these opportunities to heal through some of those blocks. And if we interpret it as a sign to stay in our old way, then we're not growing, but we're sometimes butted up against certain opportunities to then finally resolve that pattern once again. Yes, it does. And I do think what you're saying, I mean, we live in such a noisy world. And that's the whole thing you're talking about is that stillness and solitude and quiet, even for five minutes, even sometimes I say just for one minute, if you can put your hand to your heart, and you can feel your breath, and you can breathe and just notice how your breath calms your mind and your body and, and you can open your heart. 30 seconds, but whatever it's, it's still, it's about the practice of going inward. And we're just so habitual to look outside of ourselves and to go outward. So really, I love what you said, because to me, it's like, it's no different than hopping on Facebook and scrolling Instagram, looking for answers. Right. If you're continually, you know, asking for signs and, and flipping the tarot deck, um, you're without the foundation. Yeah, the foundation's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, the mess. So we've trusted our intuition. We've made some life changes. And all of Yay. a sudden, we feel like our life is like tipped over. Like I always envision like, you know, when you're at a picnic table and you like shake the blanket and all your stuff's going to go up in the air and you don't know where it's going to land. And it's just like floating and very unsettling. Like help us <laughs> through that. What do we do? It's just going to be uncomfortable. Yes. You know, it just is. 
I think what's helpful is to keep coming back to that inner voice and just trusting in the process. Um, Over time, you're going to learn how worthy your intuition is of your trust. Mm. Um, Again, it doesn't mean things aren't going to change. It doesn't mean things are going to get messy. Um, It's helpful to think back on other times that, again, you've listened and it's worked out and it's worked out better than you probably could have ever imagined. Um, There's something better in store. There's something more aligned, more true to you in store. And to get there, some, yeah, some shakeups need to happen. Some falling away of what is no, it's like sifting through, right? Like you, you take this big clump of sand and you got it like a sifter and everything that's meant to stay, stays in that, that sifter. It's like there where all that other sand, all that debris, uh, falls away. And yeah, I think it's just human nature. It's just part of it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. But it's okay to embrace that it's discomfort, you know, it's uncomfortable and scary and there's uncertainty involved. But you often still know it was the right decision, even when it gets messy, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, like you can still feel the rightness inside of you, even though it's like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that happens a lot, even with growth, you know, it doesn't always have to be bad. Like I have been called inside to, I'm supposed to start speaking more, doing more public speaking. And it's my most terrifying thing. Like I, I almost could not do it a few years ago, like where I would just be buckling over with extreme stomach nerves, shaking, totally disassociated from my body and but I felt this call like you, this is the next step for you. This is another growth step for you. You need to step into this. And so I've been working on it and, um, it's amazing, but my intuition was guiding me in that direction. Otherwise myself, my body is like, no, this does not feel safe. Like, no, I do not want to do this. Um, but my soul has different plans Mm, and and scary, but it's also on the other side. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It reminds me of in yoga class where we're doing a pose and it's usually the pose that we resist that we need to be in. (laughs) And that's the lesson, isn't it? Is that, you know, if you can breathe through it, not push, push past your edge, but still breathe and be okay with that uncomfortable feeling, that's really where you need to be. And I love that. Yeah. Even though it's scary and it Mm -hmm. feels uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. Well, let's go back to Reiki and talk to me about um, when did Reiki find you and and your journey with sharing Reiki with others? Yeah, you know, I think it was 2008. Um, And again, it was very, this was after my opening of like intuition and this world that of the unseen that I hadn't wasn't really open to before. And I had seen, I think, um, a flyer or something somewhere about this class that was being taught. It wasn't even in the town I lived in. It was probably an hour and a half away. And I just felt like, you know, I want to check that out. I'm curious. What is this? I had never had a session. I didn't know anything about it at all. And so I just kind of followed that curiosity. Um, I showed up and... They went around the room and everyone, you know, why are you here? Why did you take this class? And everyone had like a, you know, they had a session and it was so amazing and they wanted to learn it or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea why I'm here. I have no idea. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see what this is all about. So um, we go through the class and then it's time for the attunement. And the attunement's the most important part of any Reiki class. And now they're actually called placements in holy fire. So it's a little bit different language. But during the for me at the time, it was still an attunement. And so that's when the Reiki master is passing the ability to do Reiki onto the student. And I was sitting there in that meditative space. And it was like, it wasn't too eventful. It was relaxing. It was calming. Um, but then afterwards, I got up. And I had severe stomach pain. I was like buckling over um, and didn't know what was happening. I know I was, didn't make any sense to me again. And someone in my class said, oh, this is the the Reiki cleanse. This is the Reiki healing you. This is where you needed healing. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but I loved the healing that happened after that class. It just, it was going deeper and deeper into the days and the weeks that I had Reiki in my life. I could feel these like energetic blocks healing and transforming and releasing. So then I took Reiki too, because I thought, well, there's something to this that I don't quite understand yet, but I want to learn more. So I signed up for Reiki too, with no intention to become a practitioner. Um, just again, my curiosity. And again, I had such an amazing experience. It wasn't as intense, but it just felt it was beautiful and pure and true. And I very organically and casually started to work on some people that I knew that had known I took the class. And then I started to see the benefits they were receiving from the sessions. And I really started to believe in the power of Reiki just from my own personal experience and then watching these people I worked on. So then eventually I did open more of a practice, um, more of a business with an office and all that, and people would come. And it's always been very, um, like, successful for me. You know, like, there's always just been a stream of people interested in sessions. And a couple years after working on people, I heard a message. Like, my intuition was like, it's, it's time to start teaching now. And again, I didn't know how to teach. Like I didn't, I, oh, I took Reiki master. Sorry. I ended up taking Reiki master, but again, just for my own growth. And I just loved it for myself. I never thought of myself as a teacher. I like, it's, it's just funny. Like I literally never thought I would teach <laughs> Now I've been teaching <laughs> for eight years, but I listened, yeah. it was my voice of my intuition again. It was like, now it's, it's time to start teaching. And at the time, so my intuition says that and my head says, I don't know how to teach this. How do I do that? So, you know, I just started and I just, I taught my first class in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And again, I've just, I've been teaching ever since and it just continues to flow. Like I just continue to have people interested and it's always been a very organic, natural thing for me. And I think it goes back to me just having an, an innate connection to energy that I've had since I was little. Mm. I'm a natural empath. So when I'm working on someone, I'm able to feel and sense kind of what to do, where to go. And, and then, yeah, so then I had my Reiki master for, uh, 10 years. And then I recently this spring, um, did Karuna Reiki, which is this, the step after Reiki master with the new Holy Fire three energy as well through the international center for Reiki training. So then now all my classes are Holy Fire Reiki. Okay. So even like it's Reiki one, two, and three under the Holy Fire. Is that how yes. it is? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you share just a little bit about how that's different? Yeah. So Reiki in its most traditional form is called Usui Reiki. Usui was the man in Japan who really gave Reiki a name. He started multiple Reiki clinics. He started to teach people how to do Reiki. It existed prior to him, but he just really gave it a name. So that's where Usui Reiki comes from. Um, and now through the International Center of Reiki Training, there's some core teachers there that started to have some experiences with this sort of more refined energy coming through um, that was, it's more powerful, but also more gentle, which is interesting because I can feel the holy fire, like it's making changes, but it's not as like dramatic as the the other reiki um it's like more refined more powerful but yet more gentle it's very empowering mm. um i just see this like kind of like silvery gold white light when i think of holy fire mm -hmm. um it's sort of like a quote unquote upgrade if you will so the classes have changed now where when I'm teaching in the, the older way that the Reiki master would initiate you into Reiki through an, a Reiki attunement. It's the passing of the ability. Now with Holy Fire, the teacher is completely removed and you as a student have the opportunity to connect directly with spirit, with Holy Fire, with the Holy Spirit, um, with God, whatever language you use. Um, for that higher power. And it's, it's been amazing. It's really empowering for all the students um, that I've seen so far. And yeah, mm, I love it. I mean, it's really going to the core, like you've talked about, really, this whole conversation about going deeper, going to the source. 
yes. and you having the ability. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think of as Reiki is that we're really just like Reiki's already inside of you. It's inside of every single person. It's just whether or not you're in touch with that part of yourself. And a Reiki class helps awaken that ability that's already inside of you. Yes. So how does distant Reiki work? Well, um, at first that can sound pretty crazy. Like how can someone receive healing at a distance? But when we break everything down, everything's energy and everything originates from consciousness. And since Reiki is life force energy and it's not bound by time or place with intention, a practitioner is able to send healing energy to someone anywhere at any time. Um, it's helpful for that person who's receiving to be in a receptive state. Um, so if you, if someone scheduled a distant session with a practitioner, it's nice that, that, that client is going to be like maybe meditating or just in a relaxing state to receive, but they don't need to be. I've, I've done many Reiki distant sessions where someone's been in class or at work and they still feel it and they still have benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just not bound by the physical, um, restrictions of things. It's kind of like, you know, prayer when people pray your, your prayers are still, you know, sent up, your prayers are still out there working for you and that person or that situation that you're praying for, even if you're not physically there. Yes. Well, I want to share this story. Uh, so I shared with you before we hit record that I was hosting a retreat over the weekend and we were sharing Reiki there and, um, there was a morning, so we were all just in, in a relaxed state for sure. Everybody was enjoying a weekend of stillness and contemplation and meditation. And there is a meditation room that is above where I was sleeping, where my room was. And one of the women, women on retreat uh, was enjoying her morning meditation in that room solo. And I was um, in the room below her, and I was doing my self-reiki but she could feel it. Yeah. And when I saw her that morning in the meditation room together, she asked me, she said that she had been sitting in her meditation and that she could feel the Reiki moving down her body. And she thought, I wonder if Shannon's underneath me doing Reiki. And, and her eyes filled up with tears. We're like, that was the exact same time. It was just a really sweet moment. Um, but I just wanted to share that because it was like, here we were, we were just, you know, available to it. We were both in a meditative state and it was really, really powerful. That's really beautiful. And I think she is probably called to Reiki. Does she kind of want to take a training now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have her listen to this and then I'll let her give her, give her my answer. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, she meditation has been calling to her for quite a while. So Um, so that's where she's at now, but yeah, it's, it's how it finds us, isn't it? (laughs) I'm just thinking, wow, like, yeah, she could feel that. And, you know, she received that. Not that she has to do training by any means, but it just made me think like to have someone so open and to sense it that strongly already is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love Reiki. I love energy. I love intuition. You're speaking my language. I know that we could talk for such a long time. I love what you do. Do you still, so you talked a little bit about you, are you still hosting or holding one-on-one sessions or are you kind of mainly focusing on teaching and speaking? I do do some. My my main focus right now is my speaking and teaching. Um because I just have a lot of things coming up revolved around that, but I definitely still take one-on-ones. I'm just booked out for a few weeks right now. And a one-on-one session looks like, um, like it's an intuitive life coach type session. And so I use my intuition and my psychic abilities to tune into you, to help you guide you back to your own answers. So often I can sense like with clear, like I can, I can clear away the clutter so I can, I'm somehow able <laughs> to just really connect into your truth. Um, and then I help guide you there. So instead of just giving you all the answers, I kind of, I help guide you there and give you insights and help you feel into that truth for yourself. Because again, I want to empower, um, the people I work with that, 
it's, it's always helpful to have someone to turn to, whether it's a coach or therapist or friend that can help you navigate some things in life. Um, but ultimately I want to keep empowering you to have that, that own inner connection with your inner voice Mm -hmm. so that you, you can feel that sense of strength inside of you, you know, and that sense of trust and faith in this path. So, so yeah. Yes. It's such beautiful work and it's so needed. And, um, I'm curious because I know when you are channeling Reiki energy, you're not, you're not giving your own energy to someone. Um, but as an empath, do you ever have to do things that kind of help you ground or make sure you're not carrying on other people's energy? Yeah. Sometimes I can feel when I've taken on other people's things. And so I just, it's really quick for me. I often just say, okay, let it go. Mm-hmm. Or I ask my, um, you know, ask spirit. I'm like, please clear and cleanse all energy from me that's not mine. Like I do a quick prayer, and I surrender and let that energy leave, and then I'm back to myself. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, there's been a few cases that are are more difficult where I it's like in my body longer, but typically a quick clear like that is really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a mom, so have you noticed any sensitive, intuitive? abilities in your kids? And is there anything that you do just to kind of help them maneuver in this, this world? I do. Um, my daughter, um, and my son, they operate differently. I could feel their intuitive abilities when they were in my belly. And so they're like signature. I could feel my daughter has always communicated very telepathically with me. Um, even in my belly, she would send me pictures of things. Um, even when she was little, before she could speak pre-verbal, she would, um, send me messages and they were little things like one time she was put in her car seat and she normally was fine in her car seat, but she was crying and crying and crying. And I'm like driving thinking, what is wrong? And all of a sudden I had this picture in my mind of this little purple elephant that was a hard toy, like a hard purple elephant toy. And I'm like, that's weird. Why am I thinking of this purple elephant right now? Well, when we stopped and I took her out of her car seat, she was sitting on that hard purple elephant. And that's why she was crying. Wow. <laughs> and she was trying to tell me like, mom, this is what I'm sitting on. Um, and there's been times, you know, I was holding her and I'm like in the kitchen and I'm thinking, what am I going to make for dinner? And I'm like, oh, let's make homemade pizzas tonight. And she looks at me and goes, pizza? <laughs> um, and I have so many examples like that with her. Um, she's told me, she's like, mom, sometimes I can hear what you're thinking. And I'm like, and and she goes, that's weird. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, it is kind of weird, but it's also one of your gifts, honey. It's a gift you have. And and so I just treat it like that. I treat it like a gift. My son is doing the same thing. It was just a couple months ago. I picked him up from daycare and he said, mom, sometimes I can hear your thoughts when you're not around me. (laughs) And he's only four. Wow. I think he was three at the time he told me that. And I'm like, yeah. And then, God, what did he do right after that? Well, I was like, okay, he's reading my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You better watch what you're thinking, mama. (laughs) So this winter, speaking of that, this winter, we were planning a trip to Disney World and we were not telling the kids. Oh my God. There's no surprises in this household. You should have heard her. My my daughter all of a sudden is like, mom, I really want to go to Florida. I really, I really want to take a plane to Florida. We should go to Florida. We should go to Disney World. And then she looked at her brother. Do you want to go to Disney? We should go to Disney World. And I was like, no, you know, like trying to play it off a little bit. Like, oh, maybe we'll do that someday, you know. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to stop thinking about about our trip around her. And then the day that it came to get on the plane, Um, I picked him up from daycare and school and we're driving home. And I said, we're leaving for a vacation tomorrow morning. We're flying out. And she goes, we're going to Florida. I knew it. We're going to Disney World. And I'm like, oh, because we hadn't talked about it like at all. You know, Wow. so, yeah, I do have to watch my thoughts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She's just, yeah, they're naturally intuitive. And so I just I just I make sure to acknowledge it. That's the thing. Like for me, mine was never acknowledged because it just wasn't seen as, you know, it just wasn't part of day to day life. You know, my, that's all it. So I started to ignore it. I didn't think it was important because we didn't put any attention and awareness on it. So, um, yeah, I just mm. make 
That's such a gift for them. You know, I'm thinking I, I, I'm raising three highly sensitive boys and that's, you know, kind of not really what we see in, in our culture and we need that. And they're very sensitive. My, my five-year-old, I mean, he, he thinks it's his job to save all the bugs at recess so that the kids aren't stepping on the bugs and, you know, and, but just very, um, But it's to acknowledge it and to help him express his feelings. And, you know, I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, um, want to honor that and also have him understand that, you know, he can't take on the responsibility of saving every bug in the the world. But I don't want him to lose that soft heart and that sensitivity that he has, which I think is very much connected to your intuition. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's hard as moms, but yeah, we, um, I think the more that we learn about ourselves, obviously we look and think, oh my God, they really are our greatest teachers, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for this time with you and for those listening who want to get to know more about you and, um, take some classes and just find out all that good stuff. Where can they find you? Uh, my website is makaralink.com. And you'll see even on my website, on the very top, there's a little um, banner that says to join my Empowered Intuition group on Facebook. I would absolutely love for you guys to join me there. I plan um, probably starting in November and into December and into the new year. I'm going to be doing a lot of just free work in that group with meditations, Q&A, different prompts and self-inquiry to help you strengthen that inner voice. And so I'm going to be doing it all in that group on Facebook. So you can find it, yeah, at MakaraLink.com. And of course, I'm on Instagram at MakaraLink and I'm on Facebook at MakaraLink. Okay, thank you. Well, I will put all of that information in the show notes. I so appreciate your wisdom today and your sharing and your energy. I can feel it right now. And I just um, am so grateful. Thank you, Shannon. Okay, I hope that you found that useful, that you resonate with the information you learned today, that you are feeling inspired to learn more about your own intuition, to learn more about Makara Link. Go to makaralink.com, M-I-C-A-R-A-L-I-N-K.com. Also, I am so excited about where Reiki has been taking me lately. I'm going to share my journey with Reiki in the next episode. If you are interested in learning more about my Reiki sessions, I'm offering some new coaching and Reiki sessions combined. I'm also offering just Reiki and just coaching. You can do these virtually or locally if you live in the Kansas City area. To learn more, go to a free spiritlife.com and click live awakened Reiki sessions. Thanks so much, my friends. If you are loving this podcast, go to iTunes, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review, rate our show and share this show with your friends. I appreciate you so much and I can't wait to see you next time. Mm